I want to welcome Rick and also Barbara. It's, it's interesting. I have doctors on tonight, so I think we're going to have a, a fabulous time digesting, dissecting <laughs> what finding a place of refuge would be. So I'm excited about this evening. And I thank you, everyone, for being on the call. If it's your first time, welcome to Celebrating Life. So, Rick, how are you doing this evening? Well, Padre, I think you know this has not been a simple week or several weeks for me. So, in the grand scheme of things, I'm doing well. On the earth plane, my father died last Tuesday, my 96-year-old father. Wow. Our condolences, my brother. Sorry, Rick. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I, I should know it. better than I should know better than to say yes to these <laughs> these telecontries because every time I do something big happens in my life, Padre. <laughs> I get plenty of material to work with. <laughs> I do understand that, and I I don't know why, but it just does happen. But I, as you well know, your life you live life to the fullest, and when these major challenges come. I think you do find refuge in those places. And I, we're going to hear all about that tonight. And I'm so happy you're yeah. on as one of our guests tonight. How about you? Thank Father? you, Padre. Well, you compared tonight? to Rick, my life is relatively simple. So <laughs> I, I stay at home. I do my thing. And, you know, I really can't complain. I'm doing well, Padre. Thank you. Beautiful. We always like to start out with prayer. Reverend Barbara, would you open up with a prayer for our teleclass tonight? Yes, thank you, Padre. This is a reading from Psalm 46, which is about the power of the divine. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though the waters roar in foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. The nations are in uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what he has brought. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the ball and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. 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 song does take me to that place that I love, which is communion with God. This topic in two... Make a reference point. All of us, I believe, and me included in that, is the sometimes I'm looking for a place of refuge to, I call it, meet God, experience God, or just to have peace of mind. You know, we live in our world today, and uh, Rick and Barbara can discuss that with me, is, you know, we have the, the virus that's out there that continual transmuting in a sense. We have the state of 
the war that's going on in Afghanistan. And, you know, trying to rescue the Americans besides the people that want to come, interpreters. In my mind or in my heart, these are crisis times. And I don't know how I would feel if I was in that environment over in the Middle East, especially one who's trying to get on a plane back to the United States. That's very serious stuff. And here you and I sit maybe on a couch or a desk just listening to this teleclass. And we're pretty, pretty safe. But can you imagine those, and my heart goes out to them, and we'll pray for all of those tonight, is that the state of affairs. And to me, we're going to be discussing different levels of finding that refuge, whether it's in the world, whether it's in our hearts, whether it's just a state of being. So I'm going to ask Barbara first, and when the title came up for you as finding a place of refuge, where did you go or where do you go? a sense of finding that place of peace. Thanks, Padre. I actually had to sit and think about this for a while and feel and ask the divine. And, you know, I really don't have a place of refuge. For me, it's a space of refuge. It's really a God space. And where I'm present with the divine becomes that God space. It's the place where the noise and the chatter and the stories for everything all stop. And the conversation in my head stops when I'm in this God space of refuge. It's Mm. be still and know that I am God. And sitting in stillness, and I think or standing or walking in stillness, sometimes allows the pieces of me to reassemble. The silence is helpful, but you really don't need it to find stillness. Even when there's noise, you can be aware of the stillness underneath the noise. It's the inner space of awareness, of consciousness. And for me, that often is outdoors. Sometimes when I'm walking by myself, maybe listening on my iPod to my sacred music that inspires me, suddenly the sky and the path and the trees and the birds just open up to me and I I become them. I can feel oneness with them. We've forgotten, I think, what the rocks and the plants and the animals still know. We've forgotten how to be, Mm. to be still, to be ourselves where the life is. And when you bring your attention to anything to a great extent, you participate in this state of being connected with the being, with the divine, with the oneness where all of the natural world really still exists. And I, if I bring my attention to a stone or a, or a bird, and I don't mean I think about it. I mean, I I perceive it. I hold it in my awareness. And then something of that is transmitted to me, and I can see how it is. I can feel how it is. And I can see how it rests in the divine. I can feel completely what that is. So it's really 
resting in the divine and being at one with what is. And for me, that's my God space. It's quiet in the outer world and within myself. And when I find that God space, and like I said, it's often outdoors, I can start to let go of the chatter in my head, the conversation I have with myself, my interpretations of everything. Mm. And this inner realm of quiet and solitude is a sacred space. It's a healing space. It's my resting space. And my whole being feels peace. And in this silence, I become open to receiving. I'm a willing vessel filled with divine ideas and guidance. And it makes my path easier to travel and the things that are on my mind evaporate as I am able in that God space to hand them over to the divine. So Mm -hmm. that's what the place of refuge is for me. You've said an awful lot, Barbara, in that state of being, and I would classify that as that state of presence, God, in your life. Knowing that you come from a doctor's background, and I know I know you're retired, but yet you also serve humanity by in crises, whether it's a hurricane, a flood, that you might be called to a special part of the country to serve. Being in the front line, so to speak, in those situations, do you still find that presence? Do you still find that peace that we're talking about right now? You know, Padre, I, I find it more than ever, and and it's like in Psalm 46, it's chaotic, where I mean, last year, some of you know, I did COVID relief in ERs. Yeah. It's, it, it's chaotic, and because I'm with a team that's going in, and we don't know anything about the place we're going, we know how to take care of patients, but it becomes even more important for me to find that space and find that quietness, and as you said, it's it's the presence. And so when I'm going out on one of those, we call them missions, I feel like I'm surrounded by the golden light that of the pins, mm. and it helps me to know that it's going to be okay. I, feel, I become still and know that God is there with me and with my teammates, helping us mm. and guiding us. Wow. Really do love that. And thank you for serving humanity in our country and elsewhere, of course. You really do bring a hope presence with you, Barbara. I'm going to turn the page and we're going to talk to Dr. Rick now. And I know, Rick, you stated in the beginning that your father just passed, a 96-year-old week ago. Besides all the other, quote, challenges we have in our daily life. So how has that been for you? How do you, how'd you put it all together? You know, how'd you hold it together in a sense of, because especially when it's very personal like that, our tendency, our emotions can really run far. So tell us a little bit about that, Rick. Thank you, Padre. And Barbara loved what you shared. What I'd like to do is really dedicate tonight's healing teleservice to my father. 
Beautiful. Yes, wonderful. Oh, that feels big, even just saying that. Yes. This is blessing him, as it is blessing all of you who are listening. This is the power of God at work in this moment. This is what refuge looks like. This is what refuge feels like. I hope all of you listening are feeling this power, this presence. So thank you to my father for his life. He was a generous man. He did many wonderful things. And he lived a full, rich life. And that's what I want to honor tonight with you, my spiritual community. Beautiful. And send him blessings for his journey through the realms. (laughs) I I do think, Padre, it's worth sharing this because my father, some of you know, was a passionate atheist. Oh, yes. And I described my family of upbringing as culturally Jewish and passionately atheist. And when I shared that with Mm -hmm. him a couple of years ago, he said, absolutely, still am. (laughs) And I said, you know, Dad, I think that might not be the way it works. (laughs) I think when you close your eyes on this side, you open your eyes on the other side of the veil. And I think yeah. you're going to be really surprised. And he was someone who was on the internet a lot and emailed a lot. He said, if that happens, I'll send you an email. <laughs> and, and then he paused and said, no, no, I'll send you a Gmail. G for ghost. <laughs> and I said, thank you. I'm looking forward to that. And then I don't think it's a coincidence that Barb and I are presenting tonight together with you because I extended an invitation to many in our Celebrating Life Ministries community to join my family in the Jewish morning tradition of Shiva, which is an evening traditional Jewish service, followed by sharing, usually in non-COVID times, also eating together. But, you know, we, we, we are doing it in, in a Zoom environment. And, and Barb actually joined us Saturday night. Beautiful. And, and it, it was, it was wonderful, as have a number of other people in CLM. I am so touched by that. Thank you. And mm. Barb was hearing me talk about this Gmail. And, Barb, why don't you share what happened then? Well, I was kind of in that space, and all of a sudden, in my mind's eye, I mean, I don't actually see people on the other side, but in my mind's eye, I saw this man, and his head was 
turned back, was thrown back, and he was laughing and dancing. And now I've never met Rick's father. I know a little bit about him. He's talked about him. And I knew instantly that it was his father. I'm going, okay, well, this is kind of strange. So I sent a personal chat to Rick, and I said, you know, I don't know if your father danced when he was in the body, but I'm seeing him with his head thrown back, and he's dancing like a dervish. And, (laughs) I mean, he was so happy and just dancing like crazy. So, Rick, you tell the rest. I went on to share that my father and mother loved ballroom dancing. Oh, wow. And that, you know, he was an adventurous sailor. And, you know, then when his sailing days were over, his cruising days were over, they settled in Sarasota and became wonderfully embraced and involved in the ballroom dancing community there where they were much beloved. And they ballroom danced five days a week. No kidding. Into their 90s. Oh, my gosh. Including my mother, the week she died, she was had, had um, shingles of, of, over her eye when she went to the doctor on a Monday, and, and it was diagnosed, and, and she was going to go home. You know, my father said, do you want to go home? And she said, no, let's, let's go to the Senior Friendship Center for dancing. Which they did. And that night she fell and broke her hip, never woke up. We all came, were lovingly around her, had her in hospice at home, and she died four days later. Wow. So dancing was incredibly central in their lives. And Barb gets this image of my father dancing. And, and, you know, she said to me in the text, I think I got your Gmail from your dad. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Oh, my goodness. There's the heavens opening up. Just identifying a state of being that your dad was in. And it's how how glorious is that as the son to hear that, and as well as your whole family. Because there is the unknown. And when we cross the veil, we kind of cross our fingers of what we learned here. Hopefully it will manifest on the other side. And obviously he picked that up and sent the message. That was so beautiful, Barbara. And, and Barb, Barb, add the last piece. What was the last thing he added after I had shared some of this? And then what was the last piece he added? Because I think this is so sweet. I don't know. You'll have to tell me. I can't remember. Oh, you said, <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Yes, that's right. That's he, this right. is after all of that. He's dancing, he's laughing, and he's saying, "This is the best thing ever." Yeah. This is from someone who was sure this didn't exist. <laughs> I remember that came to me yesterday when we were talking on the phone, <laughs> and I started, yeah. to, or whatever day that was, and I started to sort yeah. of, sort of, <laughs> like he's just so happy. He's just he's just going crazy. Things are great. Wow. It's his place of refuge. No so I, I'm having tears many times through this process. He's 96. He hasn't died young. He's lived a full life. He oh, needed yeah. to go. He was failing. We know that, and we did the best we could with him. And my brothers came together in loving ways. It was it was really a beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. As pain, but tears flow at the same time. 
And that's being yeah. in the present, which is being in the presence. Yeah. Wow. Looking back on just the story you told with Barbara, for Barbara to get that, not necessarily, I would say, her spiritual gift that she has, this clairvoyance that she sees and experiences right. all this. So in that moment, you, the veil was lifted for you, and you got to see and witness. And how beautiful is that? There's that refuge that also opens up and brings healing to the family, including yourself. So kudos to you, Barbara. You know, it just happens the way it's supposed to, and you're right, that's not my spiritual gift, although on occasion I will connect with with my husband who died or other people, but generally speaking, I don't, I do not channel people on the other right. side. So it just happens wow. the way it does, I guess. Yeah. Unbeknownst to us, it appears, and it's like, and we're ready for it, so I love that. Rick. I know your dad had just passed, like you stated, but yet living 96 years, I'm sure there were some times in that lifespan, even the last maybe months, there were ups and downs. Is he going to live? Is he not going to live? That emotional roller coaster, so to speak, with our emotions or mind, how did you offset that or, or were you upset at that? Well, I think I'm going to use that as a stepping off point to share some of what I thought would be helpful to share tonight. Sure. Because, Padre, when you first asked if I would participate in this session, and obviously when you ask, I will say yes. I, I will not refuse that. That's that's your guidance and your invitation. Then I got to go figure out what what it's about and what I <laughs> how, how can I how can I how can I be helpful? How can I be of service? What am I going to do with this? And as you know, Virginia and I are fond of saying. Go into the washing machine, which is, you know, life brings you stuff, lots of material. Okay. So the the first thing I want to share is that I couldn't remember the title. (laughs) The only word I remembered was refuge. I kept making up the rest of the title. Pathways to refuge. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I, I realized when I actually sat down to look at the title in writing, it was worth unpacking the words in it. Because this is your guidance, Padre. You got the words. Finding places of refuge. And so I sat with that. And each of those words had meaning. And I'm going to go in reverse order. Because the only one I could remember was refuge. So I'm going to start with that one. Yeah. Which the dictionary says is, Shelter or protection from danger or distress. Hmm. And so it's a place we shelter, we feel protected. Why? There's danger and there's distress. So there's something threatening us. We are in fear or have the potential to be in fear. Yeah. And then... I think clearly you are so tapped into the Bible that the word refuge is used in the Bible a number of times. And so Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that God is good. Blessed is the person 
who takes refuge in him. Wow. So, that. yeah, that, that, that's the, but it turns out, and this is where I love going to my brother Daniel, who is the one who has studied Hebrew profoundly and, and just brings a depth and a richness to this. So the Bible didn't say refuge. The Bible oh. said something in Hebrew. Oh. And it turns out it said two different words in Hebrew that are often translated as refuge. So I, I okay. you know, tapped into my brother Daniel and said, okay, help, help me with this. And he said, okay, the first one is machse, which really is a term that we would use like refuge. It's pretty accurately translated refuge. But there's a okay. second term, manach, which is more precisely to flee or to escape. Hmm which is really a nuanced difference from taking yeah. refuge. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you, you will find other words that in various translations will come in as refuge. But it might also be translated dwelling or habitation or secure height or stronghold. And what yeah. we need to recognize is when we're reading the Bible in English, we are reading a translator's interpretation. Yeah. And remembering again that Hebrew is a vibrational language like Aramaic. So the layers and the meaning behind these terms is more than we are able to grasp in English. Mm. Beautiful. So... That's that. That's going, if you will, into the Hebrew biblical experience of that term, refuge. And then we can also go to Buddhism, because they talk a lot about refuge. Okay. And Buddhists take refuge. They literally use the word take refuge in what are referred to as the three jewels or triple gem also known as, ready for it, three refuges. And oh. these are the Buddha. So this is taking refuge in the fully enlightened one, which we might call Christ consciousness. Barb was talking about it as God space, God consciousness. It is that oneness, golden age, has their term for it, the compassionate light, so we can take refuge in that. They can take ref they take refuge in the Dharma, which are the teachings expounded by the Buddha, and then as interpreted through the ages. So they take refuge in the teachings, and they take refuge in the Sangha, which is the monastic order. And there literally is a a ritual in which one takes refuge in the Sangha. And this is the community of those practicing the teachings, living the teachings as best they can and aspiring to that Buddha state or Christ consciousness or God consciousness as we might language it. So yeah. those are sort of reflections on refuge and what it means to refuge. But then there's the the... 
The second word in or, or in reverse order is places of refuge. Yes. And this goes to a place of refuge is consistent with that meaning of refuge as a, a dwelling, a habitation, as if it's a location. And so are we talking about a location? And then, this is where my brother Daniel just took it to a beautiful place. <laughs> and he said, well, it turns out in Hebrew, the word that is translated as place is makom. And it has a deep, and he referred to it as a specific meaning in Torah, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. And it's first used really early in Genesis 1-7. It says, when the waters of creation are gathered to one place. And, and from a mystical interpretation of that, that place where the waters that God has gathered can be understood to be a holy place, the holy place. It's associated with divine presence. And it, and it's interpreted in, as Eden. And then he added this beautiful language. He said, I think of Makom as a hyperlink to being aware of divine presence. Whoa. <laughs> That's a And then he said, yeah, he said, so it's a hyperlink to being aware of divine presence. That's just even the concept of place in the Hebrew wow. Bible is wow. the place of God holiness. And he said, the divine to me is always present. Which means this refers to times of our raised consciousness. Because yeah. God's always there and available to us. So it's us raising our consciousness to find God in this place. In God's place. Yeah. We are in God's place already. We don't have to go anywhere for it. But now, now, now that brings me to the, the first of the words, which is finding. <laughs> And now this implies a place we're not at yet. <laughs> and we must seek out. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going, yeah. okay, okay. So finding places of refuge. And I'm going, that's not, well, actually, when I think about it, it's what a spiritual practice is for mm. me. There you go. Which is, Seeking or finding a path. That's why I call it. A, we're all on our own individual spiritual paths. And, and it is that finding process. We're unfolding into this God space, this God consciousness. And, and it's undertaking whatever activities is your spiritual practice. For me, it began with yoga. Meditation. I was never good at sitting meditation. Chanting. Singing. 
praising God, prayer, whatever we are doing as a spiritual practice, individually or communally, it is with the intention to enter a state other than the one I started in. Yeah. That's the movement. That's the finding. I want to go somewhere other than I started in the mundane place and I want to move into a sacred space or a sacred God consciousness right? because I wasn't in God consciousness before. So, <laughs> you know, and now, now, now as I'm spending time in oneness and golden age and they're, they're, one of their teachings is enlightenment doesn't come from effort. I'm going, mm. what do you mean enlightenment doesn't come from effort? I've been working at this. You should hear Kerry talk about this. He's wonderful. <laughs> Kerry Chin. You know, he says years he spent in all kinds of communities and practices and they're going, no effort? Really? No effort? <laughs> Sign me up. But then, but then it's really interesting because it's a double message. Because literally at the satsang this Sunday, yesterday, they were saying some people are asking the question that says if enlightenment's going to come without effort, why bother to live a good life? Why bother to do spiritual practices? Why bother to have an open heart? Why? And and the answer is, yeah, you got to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, here, here's where it comes down to my own experience. And this is really where I, where I want to bring this to a close because this speaks to how I have experienced and walked the last month with my father other times it's interesting padre when when you asked me to speak for the october event it was on harvest blessings and you gave me the title of the unexpected harvest oh yeah oh yeah i didn't know and <laughs> the question was how to be with the unexpected harvest and i found well there are two different kinds of unexpected harvests there's the serendipitous harvest, which is, well, that's interesting. Is that the direction we're going? And then the example I used was Virginia coming into my life. Didn't expect it. Mm. And look what happened with yeah. that. But then there's the unwanted harvest. Yeah. And how to be with that. And in, in that Zoom session, I, I shared some of the, the, the ways, the pathways to finding how to be with, okay? And, I, and I, I shared a bunch of them. But what really happens for me is in the moment when I am in a crisis, and so my father began to decline in mid-July. He fell twice. He was now in pain. He's now more confused. And I just got go. Go. Fly to Florida. Not a good place to fly from a COVID perspective. Fly to Florida. Yes. Yeah. And I just went. I got the message and I went and I got there. And every step worked. Mm. It was such a flow that in three days, I had him stabilized, things fixed up, had, and, and, and I, and I could leave knowing Good things had happened. I'd had a conversation with him about his dying. I was able to love him. I was able to be with him in ways and help him that were important for me, for him. 
we could talk about what might happen on the other side. And now he's softened enough that he's actually open to hearing a little bit. Just wonderful things happen. I didn't plan them. And it wasn't like I said, I now need to find my way into a place where I'm going to do the right things for my father. And so when the worst happened, crisis in my life, crisis in my father's life, anyone else's life, when I've been called into this space, it's like I'm not thinking about it. I'm not. Yes, I may express a prayer, but most of the time, I don't even remember to pray in those moments. I'm just being it. Yeah. I'm in the, the refuge. So this now brings it all together. Refuge is being in that moment. It's not a different place from where you are. It's not seeking or finding. It's being whatever is happening and this is how i hold it now who knows how it really works but how i hold it now is <laughs> yeah, is that the spiritual practices that have evolved over time and they've deepened and they've enriched in all wonderful ways from a very eclectic spiritual path i've been on and, and, and very much including clm in that yeah. Is all the preparation, all the connection, so that in the moment when I'm in pain, someone else is in pain, there's a crisis, something needs to happen, I move into it. And it's not like I'm doing it at that moment. It's like being done through me. Yeah. And I might yeah. feel sad. I might feel pain. I might feel unhappiness. Tears might flow. I might feel other things. But it's happening through me. And and this is what Bhagavan teaches as everything is automatic. That if we really are in that connected place, everything is automatic and it will flow through us. Wow. And that, when I go for a place of refuge, and now I want to wrap it back into where Barb was, which is that is the God space. Because yeah. if you're in the God space, it all is happening there. That is the refuge. Mm. And we do find it. You know, that's the amazing part. Yeah. You know, of all the spiritual practice, you, Barbara, our community, those who are listening, all these years of practice, whatever it might be, leads us to this place. And I like, uh, thank your brother for breaking it down in Hebrew, because it really does, it's magnificent. <laughs> finding places of refuge, how he broke that down in Hebrew. And what came to me was, and many of us have heard this saying before, the one we're seeking is seeking us, meaning now we're just aware mm. God is here, God is present. We don't have to look, it's here. And in these moments of, I call it, crises, we, our, our spirit body knows, our spirit knows God and I are one. And so whether it's, I'm going to have a listening ear, whether I'm going to be the one who has wisdom, counsel, whatever it might be, or just holding space in the sense of just loving that person. Like your dad, you were there in the moment and meeting his need, regardless if you do it or not. And how magnificent was that? Hmm. What a celebration. Hmm. Yes. And one of my father, deepest personal needs has been to love my father. 
and I was able to love him through all of this, including during his death and now after his death. And that is so fulfilling for me. Yeah. I mean, I had that experience with my mentor, Ron Ross, which I Mm. shared with him for three years. And, you know, probably the last year, it was just using my term, unconditional love for him. Regardless of what he did, said, didn't matter. There was this overwhelming presence of just love in the room. Mm. You know, and Mm. that was, I never experienced that before in a person, I guess, let's use that term, that it was just that continual bride and groom, so to speak, that just heavenly embrace constantly. And thank you for saying that because that's what it reminded me of in Ron's last six months. And no words can describe it. It's just, it's a presence that just overwhelms me, which I loved personally. So, and you know, both you and Barbara being doctors, you've had those amazing times with patients or just serving one another. And when we take a step back and as our listeners are listening in, I'm sure they're making reference points to their own experience with whether it's a person who has died, whether it's a loved one, maybe it's their pet. It doesn't matter because God is. And it's actually, I think we work, so to speak, our lifetime trying to find that place of refuge where just God resides in my breath. There's no striving, we're just being. And obviously, your dad, Ron, found that with the they all uncovered, you know, as he's dancing now with his beloved wife. How cool is that? That's magical. I love that. Barbara, do you have any other, I call it whether it's a reading or a poem or a saying of maybe a, a saint that kind of makes reference to what we're talking about tonight? One of the readings that I like that I picked out actually is from Genesis. And Genesis ah. is my favorite book of the Bible. I love the creation story and the power and uh, the way I connect with the divine when I read it. But this is this one is actually about Jacob. And um, yeah. It, so it's, it's chapter 28. starts at verse 10. And Jacob had come to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head, and he lay down. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And I think a lot of us have seen the beautiful picture that Michelle Zanoni painted um, of this image. And the Lord stood beside him and said, Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is more other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And so he rose early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put under his head and he set it up for a pillar and he poured oil on top of it and he created a place of refuge. Wow. 
That is awesome. There we talk about that, as Rick says, there are many reference points of refuge in the scripture. But then when you break it down, you realize in the beginning God, and there's, there it is, as a matter of fact. And as we, whether we <laughs> go to sleep and find it, or see it in the spirit, or whether we experience it here, this very moment when a person passes, or that you fall in love, period. You know, there's really a, I like, uh, and making a reference point, Rick, I think it's in the July series with Miriam, and we talked about divine adventures, and her talk was, I am never alone. So yes. it's kind of yes. back to this. Yes, but connect those dots, please. I had intended to bring in Miriam's talk from July, and thank you for reminding me of that, because when she talked about I am never alone, it means she is always in refuge. Wow. Yes, I Let's love that. that always in the presence of the divine, and it doesn't matter if you're laying outside on a rock or if you're in your home or if you're out for a hike or wherever you are. I mean, I really resonate with that because she's always in the presence of the divine, and I feel that way too. Or if you are in a crisis. Yes. And things are falling apart all around you, and you are in pain, and someone you love is suffering or dying, you are still not alone. You are in refuge in that moment. And it's up to us to awaken to that, to to that allowing of that. It's when we start to do my will, not thy will, that we separate right. from that refuge that was there for us right then. Mm -hmm. Call that holy bone. There, there, there's a beautiful, what is it, Children of... Eden, I think it is. It may not be the, the play. There's a play of the, the early story of Adam and Eve. And there's a moment in the play when, and, and there's a character, God, and God turns away from Adam and Eve because of what they did when they sinned. Now remember, oh, yeah. this is a play written by a man. Right. And so it's it's a, a man's interpretation of this. And then it fast forwards to the end of Eve's life, when now Abel is dead, Cain has left, she's feeling such grief at the end of her life, and she's calling to God. And on stage, God has his back turned to her and doesn't answer. Huh. And I, and I wanted to cry out in the middle of that, that play from the audience, no, no, we're the ones who turn our backs on God. God never turns God's back yeah. on us. Yeah. We get it wrong. When we feel isolated and alone and fearful, we have turned our backs on God. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's really powerful, Rick, and, and I think that when that happens, I think we've lost the stillness inside of us. We've started to listen to the stories that we create, mm -hmm. conversation yeah. in our head, and we lose track of 
the divine because yeah. we forget that be still and know that I am God. And, and I yes. think that's really a, a common human thing to do is get lost in our stories. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love this story too, Rick, because the from Christianity's viewpoint, you know, that original sin. But the original sin is we turned our back on God. Remember the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve felt they sinned so they had to cover up? And God says, where are you? Because they always walked with God. And God says, where are you? They were hiding. So how much more can we learn from this experience of the garden where God is just present? We can call it heaven. Where your father went, where we all will go. There's no separation in God. We only do that in our own, quote, mind or heart when we're in pain or in emotional upheaval. But you can find that place. We can find that place. And when we discover that God just is present, there's no yearning for it or whatever. There's just, it just is. It's present in presence. And that's a remarkable place. And I want everybody to experience that more and more. As we turn our gaze towards those who are here on this call, there are many, quote, needs and desires out there. Maybe it's for healing. Maybe it's for getting a new job. Maybe it's the healing for the, from the virus. Or just praying for all those in worn torn areas of this world. So let's turn our gaze towards that and let's just tap into the heart of God, you know. And you as a listener, you will do the same. Because we are marvelously made in God. And we're all a part of this beautiful world called God's heart. And let that heartbeat of heaven begin to pulsate and to touch. So what I think I'll do is I'll ask Barbara if you would lead us in prayer. And then followed by Rick. And then I'll follow through and then close. But so happy for this conversation we're having tonight. It's, it's solid. It's a, it's a rock, so to speak. And how Rick broke it down with his brother's house. I mean, it really opened up to, we're, we're one and the same. We're just one in the spirit when we tap into that divine presence. So, Barbara, if you would lead our community in prayer. This is a prayer for our community. Loving God, you fill all things with a fullness and hope that we can never comprehend. Thank you for leading us into a time where more of reality is being unveiled for us all to see. We pray that you will take away our natural temptation for cynicism, denial, fear, and despair. Help us have the courage to awaken to greater truth, greater humility, and greater care for one another. May we place our hope in what matters and what lasts, trusting in your eternal presence and love. Listen to our heart's longings for the healing of our suffering world. Knowing, good God, you are hearing us better than we are speaking. We offer these prayers in all the holy names of God. Amen. Amen. So beautiful, Amen. Brother. Brother Rick. Oh, dearest God. As the Quran says, you are as near to me as my jugular. 
is my aorta, I believe is the quote, is my aorta. This is a prayer for everyone on this call. This is a prayer for everyone you love. This is a prayer for all those who perceive themselves suffering in any way from COVID, from political upheaval, from earthquakes, from human relationships, from economic hardships. We pray for each and for all. Pray healing of that which they experience as pain, suffering, loss. For all those who are grieving, and we have members of our community who are grieving, and there are brothers and sisters around the world who are grieving deeply, we pray the bomb of God's love upon their hearts, upon their pain, upon their grief, upon their soul. We pray they find and know refuge in our oneness with each other, in our oneness with God. Amen. 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 Another sweet, full prayer for each of us. We just celebrate Ron, Rick's dad's celebration into the eternal I am present. We celebrate Barbara Rose Billings' birthday tomorrow as she's here on earth, but yet her soul and spirit is already in heaven. We celebrate every single person who's listening to this call for the heartbeat of heaven is beginning to stir within you. As our beloved comes, your beloved comes and spends time with you. That awareness of his, her presence is upon you. Let the, the heartbeat, the love of God be a consuming fire. Come, spirit of Christ. Christ consciousness, come. Divine light, come. Come forth, Holy Spirit. Reveal your presence to those beating hearts, to those who are grieving, to those who are in pain, to those who are running for refuge in this holy moment. We pray for all those who have just died in the floods in Tennessee. You know, there's multiple places where we can put our prayers. But let us turn our gates towards the one who is seeking us. And that is that great I am presence. Fill, Holy Spirit, our empty containers called our life and fill us full with the nectar of heaven. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for that rich blessing. Pray for the people. I pray for our pets, those who pass, but those who are still living with us. We celebrate our families the ones we cherish. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for making a moment in time where we are so loved by you and increase that time a thousand percent as we find that refuge in you in these holy moments. 
Come forth, Holy Spirit. Fill the earth. Fill our hearts. Fill our temples with your grace. And I seal in the good work of the Holy Spirit in your life, in my tradition, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.